Today marks the 25th anniversary of the OMA bombing, the bombing by dissident Republican group The Real IRA on this day in 1998 was the largest single atrocity of the Troubles. 29 people, including a woman seven months pregnant with twins, were killed and hundreds more were injured. Peter McVerry from our sister station in Northern Ireland, U105, is in OMA today. And uh, Peter joins me. Um, Good morning to you, Peter. Good afternoon as it is now. Good afternoon to you. Yes, good afternoon to you. Uh, And you're welcome. This is a town, Peter, that can never forget. How is the anniversary going to be marked today? In in a couple of ways. So on Sunday past, um, there was a religious service organised by the Interchurch Forum, Patricia, and that took place just across the road from where I stand now in the memorial garden that's been constructed here in in Oma. Um, And that was a chance for the two governments represented that the British an Irish government, Irish government represented by the Junior Minister for Europe and Defence, Peter Burke, TD, and the Northern Ireland office was represented by Lord Jonathan Keane, who were there. That was just maybe a one-hour ceremony, Patricia, that took place on, on Sunday afternoon around three o'clock, and that was reflective, uh, featuring music, and there was wreath laying done there at that memorial garden. Um, I'm just looking at it now. It's uh, 31 spikes in memory of the 29 people and the two unborn children who died in the explosion. 31 spikes have been erected and each of those has got a mirror on the top of Patricia to encourage reflection. Today is a little bit more private. In the OMA library, just as we speak and in the next half hour, the families of those who wish will be gathering for a private ceremony. And then there's a slightly more public event at the site of the bomb on Market Street here in Oma, just around three. At 10 past three was the time of the explosion 25 years ago. And around then, there will be a wreath laying and there will be some prayers as well on Market Street in the centre of the town. And because, Peter, so many people died or were injured, this was an atrocity, really, that affected the whole community. I mean, I take it everybody knew somebody who died or somebody who was injured. Everybody was affected. It did. Well, then you, you have to remember in the context of when it came as well, it came, it came um, four months after the signing of the Good Friday Agreement, three months after more than 70% of the population of Northern Ireland had, um, had, had voted to accept the Good Friday Agreement and to set up the institutions that are now Stormont, albeit, you know, not up and running at the moment. And people thought that, that the troubles were behind us. And then after all of that, we have the largest single atrocity in the history of the troubles. More people killed than in any other incident, including uh, we had, um, you know, it didn't discriminate on the grounds of religion or, or of age. We had three young boys from Donegal who, who were killed, who were here to visit the Ulster American Folk Park. We had a young um, teenage student who was here from Spain as well. You know, and we had just the, 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 the breakdown of those who were killed. It was a, if, if you think of the time, Patricia, in terms of the, the time of the week and the time of day, and I'm looking at it now as I drive into Oma in the last hour, you know, it was the end of a carnival festival week that happens here in Oma in 1998. It was two weeks before the schools went back. Yeah. And I can see kids walking past me now as we speak with their mum going to get their new school shoes, their uniforms and yeah. a spare pair of trousers. You know, my own kids were doing it in Uri in the town where I was yesterday with their mum. And those people were in on that afternoon doing that simple random family act that everybody needs to do every year. And, and yet the real IRA drove into the middle of a small market town in County Tyrone and, and planted a £500 car bomb in the back of a red Vauxhall Cavalier on Market Street on the town. And if you remember any of the, the, the investigations afterwards, Patricia, um, you know, it, it seems that you know not all of the people who died had to die because there was confusion on the day about where exactly the bomb was. Some of the warnings were unclear. 
Um, the, the, the police evacuated people away from the courthouse, which they thought was the intended target, and down into the middle of the town. But they brought them, sadly, closer to they the They walked them into it. Yeah, they walked, they walked them, them into yeah, it. You know, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that will be looked at now. There's a, the family have campaigned since 1998 for an inquiry. It was only in February of this year. Can, to 24 have, years old. Have you any... Because that's what I want to uh, talk to you about, was this inquiry that was, you know, finally, finally um, announced as independent statutory inquiry earlier in the year. Why has yeah. that taken 25 years? A, a mixture of uh, reasons that um, they had hoped to get it sooner, and I think it was twenty, was it fifteen or sixteen when Theresa Villiers of the Conservative Party was Northern Ireland Secretary had said no uh, to it, and they had felt that that that, that it wasn't um, it wasn't needed. Not that it wasn't necessary, but that it wasn't needed at the time. You know, a lot there were warnings, and some people knew in the week beforehand that there was going to be a bomb in Oma, most likely on that weekend. Some of those people were double agents. Uh, there is a lot of contention about whether or not that information was passed on, whether it was acted upon, whether somebody, given the political circumstances that were in at the time, took the decision you know, not to share that in order to protect the identity of an agent. And those are some of the terms of reference that Lord uh, Hutton, who has been appointed, uh, sorry, Lord Turnbull has been appointed for this tribunal. And he was actually here in Oma last week meeting the families and asking them what they thought was important they find out in this. And the, the key questions that they want to, to know, not just from the British government, but also from the Irish government, because the, the car that was used was stolen in County Monaghan and was driven across uh, the border. And those the, those who perpetrated the acts were away back across the border within within an hour. And also the American government, who it's thought potentially might have some information to shed on what exactly was known in intelligence services. That's the main thing the family want to know. In the run-up to it, could it have been prevented? And then also they want to know, you know, Nulo Lone, who you may know is the former police officer yeah, here yeah. in Northern Ireland. I, I managed to speak to now Baroness Lone on Sunday at that memorial service, and I asked her. She did a very intensive and extensive report back in 2007 on OMA, and her contention is that the very first investigation into OMA, the first week, 10 days in fortnight, was shockingly handled by the RUC at the time, and that so many evidential opportunities were missed. So that will be part of it as well, you know. But the difficulty is that we're now we're now 25 years on. But if you remember things like you know Bloody Sunday, which is even further back in the history of Northern Ireland, now if there are to be uh, convictions, now, the span of time means that many of those who were involved and who may have stood trial for it have now passed away. Mm. By the time we get through an inquiry and then any investigation and any court case, you know even more people connected either as as, as defendants or as, as witnesses. You know, could could have um, could have passed away, and that's not even to talk about the legacy that's currently sitting, or the the legislation that's currently sitting with the British government about dealing with troubles legacy and dealing with amnesties and dealing with evidence, which would mean that 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 um, some of those involved would never um, stand trial. Yeah, and it, like, it won't bring anybody back, and it won't replace broken, shattered lives. But that search for the full truth is just so, so important uh, to both the families and the victims. Uh, listen, uh, Peter, we appreciate you taking uh, time out. I know how busy you are today, so we really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Thank you for that. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Peter McVerry, uh, who is with our sister station in Northern Ireland, U105 today, remembering this day. And uh, of all of the atrocities in Northern Ireland, it's one of those days that just really, really stands out in my mind. I know exactly where I was and where I was sitting when I heard 
I didn't realise how bad it was going to be, but I knew that something had happened in in Northern Ireland um, on this day uh, 25 uh, years ago. Uh, may all of those people who uh, passed away, may they continue to rest in peace. But we think very much of their families and the, the hundreds who were left with devastating injuries. I mean, you could see when Peter was talking about that, that lovely event that took place on last Sunday, they spoke, I saw on the news, they spoke with some of the survivors and you could see particularly one woman who was a husband and wife but you know she every time she looks in the mirror she bears the scars on her face so she'll never forget this day 